Welcome to Subject to Change. I'm Stephen Lentz, business coach and digital marketer. We interview other owners and entrepreneurs about their stories and businesses. Welcome back to Subject to Change. I'm Stephen Lentz, and today I'm talking with Doug Utberg from Terminal Value. How are you doing, Doug? Not too bad. How about yourself, Stephen? Awesome. I'm doing really well. So for everyone that's listening right now, Doug and I were talking about marketing and like Facebook ads and how you craft a message versus, you know, ROI, you know, putting money into what you get out and kind of what we think is the most important. And we're going to jump right back in that conversation because yeah. I think anyone who's a business owner, you know, marketing KPIs and stuff is important to you and yeah. everyone kind of values different things differently. So, yeah, well, and, and uh, one of the things I have to say, just kind of as a part of my entrepreneurial journey. So my background is in finance and accounting, you know, finance and technology, because I've been in finance uh, about 20 years into ish into my corporate career was when I got booted and I decided to make the entrepreneurial move. Uh, but I spent the majority amount of that time in finance. I was also on data system team. So over on the IT program management side, et cetera, you know, sure. which is generally considered antithetical to marketing, although I would argue <laughs> Not necessarily. I think uh, it's so because, like big, big brain energy is what I think. It's yeah, like. yeah. Well, it's, you know, because you know, like <laughs> when most people think of, of marketing, right? You know, they they think of like Mad Men, old school ad guys, you know, day drinking, five martini lunches, that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, and the the at least the thing that I, the way that I think about you know marketing and you know sales advertising that kind of stuff is that right? There's you know one way is sort of the kind of the shoot from the hip, fly by the seat of the pants, uh, you know. Th that kind of that mentality. Another way is if you approach it as a science mm -hmm. and if you approach marketing as a science, then you know, th that, that really appeals to me from a finance background, because that's really where you say, okay, you know, what's the message? How do we measure success? What's the ROI? Once you know what the ROI is, then the whole notion of a marketing budget goes out the window, because if your ROI is positive, then and your recovery period is short enough, then put in every nickel that you can uh, scrounge up or borrow because you know you're going to be getting a return. On the other hand, if you don't know what your return is going to be, then you kind of end up just sort of arbitrarily making up a budget or even worse, like in your case, if you don't even have, like, like you were saying in the, uh, not in your case, because you do have a message, <laughs> uh, but in, in the case of our conversation before the interview, mm -hmm. is if you don't even have a message, people are like, okay, here's a picture that doesn't really have anything to do to my business. Here's some copy. Here's a landing page. Um, let's see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you you come from the marketing finance and myself I you know I spent over ten years as a professional firefighter mm -hmm. and I got into digital marketing I did affiliate marketing I did Instagram well, Facebook ads I did well, email thank stuff. you for your service to public safety oh it's it's my pleasure and uh and you know I did like everything I could think of and finally ended up in content marketing mm -hmm. and so that's that's my main my push and drive when I do digital marketing for my clients and then I also do business consulting and growth yeah. strategies. So the, it kind of ties together of that, you know, I like doing digital marketing for my clients, but yeah. I feel like the majority of clients that I come across, they're not ready for large scale marketing because they haven't mastered their message. Right? Like yeah. I talked to a lot, you talk to a realtor, right? And you'll go mm -hmm. out there and you throw a stone, you'll hit seven of them, right? Like they're everywhere. And you'll go to a BNI or any sort of meeting event and they'll say, Hey, I can sell your house. I buy houses. I sell houses. Right. Like cool story. I know seven of them. I have an uncle who's one. Right. Yeah. But when all of a sudden I talk with one of them and we coach them up and we, you know, get a buyer persona and a seller persona and say, Hey, they go to a meeting and go, I can sell your house in 60 days or you don't pay my commission. Oh, I'm listening now. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's, 
that's getting a little better, you know, and, you know, right. whereas, you know, okay, now let's, you know, let's take it to another level. And you, you, you mm -hmm. might want to say, oh, hey, you know, if it's like, you know, if you are a doctor or a, or, or, or a company executive, and you've been moved in or out of town, I, you know, I can either get you a house in 30 days or less or sell your house in 30 days or less. And if I don't, you don't, you know, I don't pay a commission. And then, you know, then what you've done is you've just taken your market from all the people in a X mile radius around your town to, you narrowed it to where you can now saturate that market and make sure that every single person who meets your ideal customer criteria has a postcard or something with your name and face on it pretty much every month. Right. And you can't do that with you. Know, you can't do that. If you're in a town of 400,000 people, you can't do that with the entire town. Mm -hmm. If you narrow your niche down to like, say 500 to a thousand people, you, you know, you can bombard them and it'll barely cost you anything. Yeah. And it's, but I think the key is, I mean, you're absolutely right. Like marketing is about putting a dollar in and getting $2 out and I'm getting five out, but you have to master that message. It's that tactical yeah. part. Cause I, I see it all the time. Like, Oh, Facebook ads don't work or email marketing is not working. It's like, well, that's because your message is off. I like, yeah. cause from all of my experience, customers buy value and not price. Right. Yeah. And so you, you'll start coming across me like, Oh, I have to be the cheapest or I have to compete. Like all, everyone else, you know, they're, they're doing discounts. It's like, well, that's because the only value proposition you've given the client is price. Yeah. Well, well, and although I'm going to augment what you said, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to augment what you said just a little bit, because like you, you said, okay, Facebook ads don't work because your messaging is off and, or your targeting is off. Because I think the sure. one thing that digital get that there's two big advantages to digital. Uh, one big advantage is that you can target exceptionally well. Mm -hmm. Another is that you can split test exceptionally well. So yes. in other words, if you're, if you're say, say you have a core message and you can think of four different ways that you might articulate that message. Okay, well, you can run four simultaneous ads, see what your response rates are, and then start cutting out the ones that don't convert that well. If you wanna to try to do that on direct mail, it's a really long feedback loop. But if you do that on digital, that feedback loop can be really fast. Yeah. And so I think those are the really two, the two key advantages to your digital marketing. Um, you know, and then, but then, you know, outside of that, whether Facebook works or doesn't work all based is all based on how rapidly you can generate a return and, or what, you know, if that return is really big and it takes a while to manifest, it's not necessarily such a bad thing that it takes a while to manifest, but you really need to know that because <laughs> yeah. otherwise you could burn. This is the, this is the downside of digital is if you don't really manage it and know what you're doing, you can burn an unlimited amount of money very quickly. Yeah. And dynamic creative from Facebook has been a huge game changer too. I don't know if you've run Facebook ads in the last few years, but. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I have, I, I have not been brave enough to go into the dynamic creative space just because I'm, uh, you know, it's kind of funny for a tech guy. I'm still, I'm still leery about letting an AI figure out my creative. Sure. So have, have you played with it at all? No. It's so it's educate legit. me, educate me. Uh, yeah. Sell me. <laughs> yeah. I, Again, I don't do, I used to, I used to run Facebook advertising and stuff all the time. I don't because I like the organic content side way better. Um, not being in charge of your own marketing is not a good place to be if that's the only marketing you have, right? right. Um, but all that aside, Facebook dynamic creative is super awesome because you upload, you know, two, three, four, five photos that you're going to use, right? Uh -huh. The image. And then same thing with the headlines, right? You'll write four, five, six, seven different headlines. Same thing for the body, the paragraph, the closing, all 
the stuff. Like mm -hmm. you just make a bunch of them together. And what it does is it takes them and it just matches them all up randomly and then shoves them out as your ads. And so then what happens is you can see which pairing of the headline and the body, the image works best. You're like, oh, this like to go through, like you're saying, you know, changing all of them to try all the different ones is cost a lot of money, but you can spend $50 and I'll test 30 different yeah. creatives for you and be like, okay. oh, all right. Well, so, so that's actually better. really awesome. So it's basically, it's, it's, so it's essentially cool. it's a dynamic split test. Yes. It's a very dynamic split test. So, and then the same thing, right? You kill off the losers, bump up the winners, and then run another dynamic creative using the winners with more copy, more images. And it just yeah. continuously makes the engine better and better. It's, it's a very cool uh, upgrade that they created with that. Okay, no, that, that that's awesome. I may have to. Well, I was gonna say the, uh, um, you know, <laughs> most with that said, most of my messaging is B two B, and so that, that that that's actually I'm I'm probably like one of the only people in the world where I think my 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 average cost cost per click was better with LinkedIn than uh, Facebook, just because the click through rates on LinkedIn are so much higher than Facebook. Sure. Well, right, and there you go, right? Like, know your marketplace. That's a big thing. Yeah, Facebook and LinkedIn, Instagram, they're all different. TikTok, like, yeah. Bandit signs, right? Like bandit signs can work really well, but you need to be in the right type of business to make yeah. a bandit sign work really well. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, I, I have just gotten you like way off message. Let's go back on. Uh, let's get back <laughs> on topic to uh, to putting. As yes, yeah, so, so ordinary we're rule reversing. Ordinarily, the host is supposed to keep the guests from rambling, but uh, but I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna put my pot put my podcaster hat on. Um, <laughs> So yeah, right, uh, you be Papa Bear. I'll I'll, I'll uh, go for it. All right. Yeah. So let's uh, <laughs> uh, let's roll back to our original topic of really crafting your message. Uh, it's kind of in, in your view, and uh, see, see what I'm doing here. Role reversing. Uh, so in your view, kind of what, what do you feel the are the most important aspects of really putting a good message together? A good message, I think, has four components. Right? We call it the conversion equation. There's the interrupt, engage, educate, and offer. No, I dig that. Okay, so the interrupt is the first thing that you say. It's the first thing that someone reads about you. It's, it's that headline, right? I'm really yeah. there, I sell houses. That's your interrupt. It's not a great one. I can sell yeah. a house in six days, you don't pay me. It's a better interrupt, right? So the interrupt is yeah. that first thing. It has to be catching. You wanna address the problem they have that they don't want. Yeah. Right? Then you have gotcha. the engage, that's the sub headline. And that's gonna address the desire that they have that they don't have currently, right? The outcome. So I can sell your house in 60 days, you don't pay me commission. So that's, I need to sell my house, right? That's my problem. And the desire is that I want it gone fast, right? So yeah. it hits those two things. Yeah, oh, and by the way, uh, one of the things I just love about what you just said mm -hmm. is the, I don't, if I don't sell your house in 60 days, you don't pay me a commission. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but that's how pretty much every real estate contract is written. So that's like <laughs> not even a concession at all. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you said like, yeah. if I don't sell your house in 60 days, I'll buy it. Okay, that, that's a hook. But if you say, if I don't sell your house in 60 days, you'll pay me a commission. Like that's like literally how almost every single real, realtor contract in the United States is written, um, you know, in, in a way, you know, it's, it's kind of like how Schlitz beer uh, promoted all the extensive cleaning process that they did for their bottles. I love, everybody I just... everybody <laughs> does it exactly the same way, but Schlitz was the first person to brand it. So, so that, that's something that things, if there's something you do that's standard, you can still brand it um, oh, yeah. <laughs> because oh, yeah. your customers don't know it's standard. Nope. But right, so, but that's the problem solution, right? So headline, the interrupt, engage, and then the educate. Because I'm a big stats guy. I'm going to turn yeah. numbers at you this whole entire time because I like it. Um, Dude, so I'm in sorry, finance. Sorry, but <laughs> I'm a, I'm, I'm, I, 
you, you, you will be hard. I was going to say, despite my somewhat pleasant personality, you'll be hard pressed <laughs> to find a more nerdy person than me. Challenge accepted. All right. So, uh, buyer's journey. Yep. So you have a hundred people that go to a website. One to 3% of those people are now buyers. Okay. Right. And that's for, that's standard purchases for like toilet paper or whatever. Yep. That's common purchases. That's emergency services and impulse buys, right? That's yep. that one to three buyer. The 97% is on what we call the buyer's journey. And all they want is information, right? Because they're not buying now, but they will down the road. Yeah. It's like when my dad went to, to go buy a car, right? It'd be a six month ordeal, dealership after dealership and looking online and everything else. Like the buyer's journey is real and it's only gotten more so with technology, right? Yeah. We, have, we have the tools now to do umpteenth amount of investigating that we want. So you've interrupted, you've engaged. Now you have the educate, right? You take them down the process because that's what they really want to know. Cool, I need to sell my house. You said you can do it quickly. You're going to solve my pain problem. Tell me about it, right? So you educate them, you give them information. It's not a sale. And the last yeah. part of that is an offer. Now you go to any website, right? You look up a dentist or a doctor or yeah. a moving company and you're going to see all over the place, uh, free consultation or call us or send us, a send us a message, right? And all that says to a buyer is let me sell you. Yeah. It's not an offer. And so the offer needs to be an irresistible offer. And what that needs to be is more information. Because again, well, and uh, oh, okay, well, well, so I'm actually, uh, I'm going to throw a little bit of rocks. I'm going to throw a couple of rocks Do at it. you here. Just and, throw it at uh, my glass house. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to throw a couple of rocks at your glass house. Please, please so I would actually, I would actually posit that there are two important parts to an offer. Mm -hmm. Part number one is the value. Mm -hmm. And so one way you can make an offer better is to make the value higher. Yep. Another important part is time. And so in other words, the time delay between now and when you get results, the other really important uh, play, uh, way that you can craft an offer is to make the time less. And if you can bring the time to zero, that basically means you have an infinitely valuable offer. This is the proverbial diet versus liposuction. Okay. You know, it's like, you know, if, if I want to lose weight and I go on a diet, okay, I'll buy a book for 12 bucks. Uh, you know, on the other hand, if I want to get liposuction, liposuction, lose 40 pounds and you know, have a six pack of you know, a week and a half from now, that's going to cost about 12 grand. Why is it? Why is it, it's the same result? Why is the difference? Well, because one is going to take years of pain and suffering and, and not doing things I enjoy. And one gives me a result right like that. Yep. So here's the caveat to that, right? Like this offer that you're, that I'm crafting, I'm not going after that one to 3% buyers. So what you described is going after that sale right now, yeah. right? And those buyers that are going to make that emotional decision based on that hooker offer are most likely going to be the buyers who refund you, Yeah. right? They're, the, they're your highest pain in the asses, right? Like that's just yeah. how it is. So what I'm going through with this irresistible offer is I'm fishing after that 97% of traffic on my site, right? The 97% of people who are looking for information that are going to be buyers. Gotcha. So the question, question being with this informational offer needs to be irresistible. So say I'm a florist, mm -hmm. right? I would make a thing like five things every bride should know for their wedding, yeah. right? And that would be the pamphlet guide. And the offer would be, hey, get this guide for your name and email, right? Because here's where the magic yeah. comes in with marketing is that I can't market to anyone who comes to my site if I don't get their information. That's correct. Yeah, lead, right? lead capture and is extremely important. Lead capture, absolutely. So that's the educate, engage, educate, and offer is that irresistible offer isn't a let me sell you. It's a, 
let me give you something of value that you're going to want. So that way I can nurture you. And when you're ready to buy, you're going to come back to me. Right. Because well, and the average sale and, takes five to 12 yeah. times. Well, and then uh, I'll, uh, I, I, this isn't really throwing a rock, but I'd like to argue <laughs> what you're saying. Um, with, uh, what you're saying, which is that not just provide them information, but then, you know, you, ideally what you'd want to do, especially if you have their email address, is you would want to start dripping out essentially, you know, but, you know, essentially personal letters to develop some kind of affinity or relationship so that the buyer or potential buyer then identifies with ideally you, but maybe your company ideally you though, or a person at your company, so that when that buy decision time comes, you're not getting price shopped. Yep. You know, that, that to me is the name of the game. You know, that, that's, that's what really differentiates it. Because the thing is, you know, if you're, if you're not differentiated, you'll get price shopped. Um, you know, and then, and then it's like, you know, the, and you know, the, the, the only way to, to win, if you, to win getting price shopped is to guarantee that you're going to eventually go down the drain, go out of business because you're giving up all your margins. Um, and so, you know, what the real name of the game is, it's to develop the affinity whereby price resistance really goes out the window. Um, and, you know, that only happens if, you know, if there's a longer term relationship and if you're, you know, not going for an immediate sale. Yeah. Well, and that goes back to that no like, and trust. Yeah, like you create that value there. All things being equal, people do business with their friends. All things being unequal, people still do business with their friends. Source, Jeffrey Gittimer. Is that, I don't remember, I don't I have no idea who said it. Uh, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, uh, wait, I've got it right here. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Let's see. I, it, I, think I heard yes. that like Jeff, 10 plus years Jeffrey ago. Jeffrey Gittimer, <laughs> Little Black Book of Connections. That's amazing. Oh, no, actually, no, I think, no, that was, no, sorry, Little Black, Little Red Book of Selling, Little Black Book of Connections is, uh, it's not about who you know, it's about who knows you. Love it. Yeah, I mean, but it's so true, right? Like, I heard that 10 plus years ago. I love that you, Jeffrey, you said Gittimer? Yep. Awesome. I'm going to have to, G-I-T-O-M-E-R. I'm going to have to get that book, because, yeah, I heard, like I said, I heard that a long time ago, and I was like, this is freaking mind-blowing. Like, it's yeah. absolutely true. And with the strip campaign. Right. The idea isn't again, because a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to make this drip campaign. I'm going to sell them and stuff. And it's like, no, like you're, you're missing the point again. Because yeah. a, a lot of us, we're in this like immediacy feeling, right? Yeah. I don't know if you listen to Gary Vee, but like the overarching uh, theme that he comes against yeah. is young kids telling them they're not moving fast enough. Right. Like that's, that's like the overarching thing. Like I haven't done this yet. I haven't, you know, I'm trying to make this the record label and it's been six months. It's like, dude, you have time. Like you have time. We try to rush the buyer's journey and get the sale and we miss out on the relationship. Yes. Right? Like yeah. I go back to the same real estate agent that sells me my house because we have a relationship. They didn't try to just shove me in the first house that was available. Yeah. Yes. Right? And same thing. Like yeah. it doesn't matter what you sell, whether it's chemicals for a pool or dog food, like you make that relationship. And so that drip campaign. So remember how we talked about five things brides should know that goes in your campaign, right? You take section one at a sunroof company, right? And they had a 31 page, like things you should know when, before building a sunroom. This sounds and like sunset or awnings. Yeah, it is. Right. And there's like an FAQ in it and all this other stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what they did is they did a direct mail campaign using like, you know, lesson number one, lesson number two, lesson number three. And that was yeah. each zone direct mail, right. The postcard of, uh, you know, what was it? I think number four or five was the sunroom increases the value of your home. Mm -hmm. Right. But no one's going to read the big pamphlet. Like you give a big pamphlet out and 80% of people are going to throw it away. But that was their lead map. Yeah. Like that got them the email. 
that got them their home address. Yes. yes. And I sent out the postcard that just said, you know, does a sunroom increase the value of my home? Question mark. Yes, but only 92% of the time. Right, like, oh, and so they just took what they had already made and they repurposed it and sent it back out. So when you make a drip campaign, you don't have to like come up with all this brand new stuff. You just take the valuable information that you've already created and you repurpose it, right? Because again, well, you're not and, going to sale. And, and I'll, uh, I'll even take that to another level. One, one of the things that I've seen some people do too is mm -hmm. you can actually create a lead magnet by just curating content that's already out there. So like, for example, you know, okay, you know, say, let, let's, let's go on the realtor example. Uh, so, okay. So it's like, you know, say you're looking at, you know, how does at you know, information on selling your homes, right? Well, if you just curate 30 YouTube videos on really important things to know when you're selling your house, you don't even, you don't even create or own the content. You just direct people to it. And if that saves them time and by that you've actually you've actually created something valuable. Yes. Now I think you know taking the realtor example to if we wanted to really take it to another level. Now I can't take credit for this. I think this is part of Craig Proctor's system. Um, but one of the things that I read a study on that I thought was amazing was that the free informational offer was basically saying, hey, these are all of the things you should think about when you are choosing a realtor to work with. And it's a booklet. It's a list of like. It's, it's bas basically what it does is it goes through their whole system and it says, these are all the things you need to ask your realtor. It's like a list of 50 questions. Yep. And so of course, nobody's going to ask a realtor 50 questions at the very end. They go, oh, by the way, we do all of this in our office. If you want to work with us, here's the number. <laughs> and then mm -hmm. somebody then if somebody calls up and says, oh, hey, can you list our house for 5%? They say, no, we don't do that. Uh, we, we just do 6% listings. Uh, we, we'd be happy to refer you to somebody else if we look into price shop. They're like, no, 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 it's okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, because so, they provide you know, value. Yeah, because you know that that's the way that you create a competition-free zone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's so. Yeah, I, I love talking marketing. Like I could do this all day, right? Like it's yeah. there's so many parts that go into it, and it's just. So what is what would say is your favorite method of marketing? Then, do you have a platform um, or a, a type? Well, let's see. So um, I, I would say that for, for long term, I actually like the, uh, the podcast blog uh, you know, video type of medium because they live forever. Um, you know, now I think the, you know, you know, just overall, the way my mind is oriented is going to be direct response. I don't particularly care whether it's digital or, uh, you know, digital hard copy, direct mail, whatever. Uh, but longer term, I think that the, you know, I think evergreen media, like, you know, podcasts, YouTube videos, generally speaking, I think YouTube videos are better than like Facebook or Instagram or whatever, because they live forever. Um, you know, and then of course your then your blog, just because, you know, as time goes by, those will all attract more inbound traffic, right? You know, they're, it's, you know, like for example, this podcast episode, right? The, the, the amount of, uh, let's see, what is it? The total number of people who listen to this podcast episode will increase forever. You know, yeah. it, it'll get, the majority will probably be right after it's released, but then you'll get some people who will, tr who will trickle in, but it will increase forever. Um, so, you know, anytime you can put forever marketing assets out there, that, that's a very good thing. Now, in a lot of cases, that has a really long cook time just because it takes a while to get, you know, you know to go from nobody knows who you are to you're a household name. You know, that rarely happens overnight unless you go on Oprah. Um, but um, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe, that, maybe that doesn't even count. Maybe that doesn't even happen now. I don't know. But, um, you know, but I think that's, you know, if, if I was going to say the, you know, if you're thinking really long term, I would say, think about what are the, 
what are the marketing assets you can create that will literally never have to be recreated? Uh, so that means you know, every podcast interview lives forever. Every, every YouTube vid video that you shoot, every instructional video or whatever that you shoot, those live forever. Uh, anything, anytime you can create marketing assets that live forever and then direct back to your, you know, to your, your core funnel, I think that, you know, that over time is going to create exceptional value. I absolutely 100% agree. And you're right. I mean, it's, it's an asset. Yeah. Right? Like it, that's the thing that I don't like about paid ads. And I've done, like I said, I did paid ads a lot. Yeah. And it's like, cool. Like you may have something that works and then, you know, Facebook's bots troll it and like, ah, we don't like this anymore. And they kick it off and they're like, oh, yeah, well, screw. And so you turn it off. And then as soon as you do, like you just disappear. It's like, yes. you never existed. Right. And yes. that's the thing with like organic SEO type stuff. And SEO is a whole nother topic for a whole nother time. I don't, Oh, just yeah. You can yeah. you can just see the hair rising on the back of my neck and like oh SEO. Yeah, yeah. No, I, sorry. I, I have enough anxiety in my life right now. You know, I don't. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I I don't need to add more by worry by, by you know not, you know by, by by adding another layer of complexity and trying to figure out if whether I'm saying you know whether whatever nonsense I'm saying is uh, is using the right words to try to rank. Yeah. Here's the thing, right? I wasn't going to say it, but I'm going to say it because Go for it. it's not about me, but I'm going to make it about me. So I do content marketing yeah, because Google's like Amazon, right? Amazon doesn't sell shoes or they don't create shoes. They sell them, right? They curate it. Yeah. So you go on Amazon, like, Hey, I want some jeans and some shoes. And they're going to say, Hey, these are the most, you know, trusted or whatever people that make these things. And they show it to yeah. you. And Google's the same way. Right? And this is going to be mind blowing for people out there who have no idea about like ranking and stuff like that. Right. But Google all right, buckle in. <laughs> Google is all they do is they curate information, right? And so there's a thing called a domain rating and it's a scale of zero to hundred. And hundred is like the tip top and zero is Google doesn't trust you at all, right? Yahoo Finance has like a domain rating of like 92 to 96, somewhere in there, right? Mm -hmm. Morningstar Medium, they're upper nineties as well. Yeah. You, know, you have a website, you make some blog posts, your domain rating is probably somewhere between like 10 and 20. Yeah. Okay. Google doesn't know you. They don't care about you. They don't trust you. What I do with content is that I create it, right? And we distribute out to 400 plus media sites. We do YouTube, we do Vimeo, we do podcast audio stuff. We do all the creation, we do the distribution. And so what happens is you go from like onsite SEO of you patting yourself on the back saying, Hey, I make good shoes. And Google says, hey, cool story, bro. To all of a sudden having Yahoo Finance and CNN and Fox say, Hey, Doug Utberg makes good shoes. And Google goes, Oh, and they take notice. Right? That's, yeah. that's the competition, the difference, because you leverage other people's credibility and trust, just like being on a podcast. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like you leverage my trust from my audience. And when, if I go to your podcast, it's the same thing. Like I leverage your trust to your audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's what content marketing does when you place with these other media sites and stuff is that you leverage that to get those rankings. Because again, Google yeah. wants to give who is the most reliable, credible source of information to the search. So if I'm looking for a dentist, right? And I'm going up against Dr. Jenny and Dr. Bob. And Dr. Yeah. Jenny has her one-page website and Dr. Bob has his one-page website, but 50 pieces of content. Who do you think is going to rank higher regardless of SEO strategy on site? Yeah. It's going to be Dr. Bob. Yes. And that's the thing is that even the people who create the Google algorithm don't understand the entire Google algorithm. Like it's so big and so complex, but you can't outsmart Google and Google only curates the content. So whoever makes the better, best content 
that is relevant to the searches and the questions and the problems and solutions is going to get ranked better. So that's my big rant about on-site SEO. Yeah. I think it's a waste of money. I think it's, you know, they're going to come out with pitchforks and, you know, torches now, but content marketing is just blows it away because you don't have to keep trying to trick Google into thinking that you're the best. So well, that's my and, big rant. And, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that, that's fine. Well, cause, and I think that's where it ultimately comes down to is, you know, Google's whole thing, you know, the, the, the whole thing with Google is that what they're trying to do is to make it so that people can get to what they actually want as quick as possible. Yes. Um, you know, that's, that, that's fundamentally their, their whole thing in a nutshell. And so it's like, you know, if you, know, any effort that you put into trying to scam the algorithm, uh, you know, at some point it'll change and then you're going to have mm-hmm. to start over. And so it's like, you know, you, you know, you might as well just start pumping out useful content. And then, you know, if you, yeah, I think the, 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 the way that I used to think about it now, now granted I stopped. So yeah, I suppose that, uh, you know, at, at some point I stopped and then I recently restarted, but the way that I, uh, that, that I thought about it was that, right. You know, there's a natural expansion rate of the, of the internet, right. You know, think of it like the theoretical expansion of the universe, because none of us can prove it or disprove it, right. There's a rate of expansion of the internet. Okay. Well, so in order for the footprint of your website to increase in a relative manner, you the the rate of expansion of the content of your website needs to exceed the rate of expansion of the internet and the greater it exceeds the rate of the internet's expansion the larger your relative footprint will become you know and then i think that gets amplified as you get backlinks and mentions etc from you know from uh, you know from from influential sites you know and of course those influential backlinks are you know a really big piece but i think the thing that's going to you know, take you from that, that reputation rank, like five, you know, that to, to get you to the point where somebody will actually care is that your content, your rate of content expansion has to exceed that of the internet as a whole, ideally by a significant multiple. Or not, I would say not even the rate of the internet, but the rate of your competition. Fair enough. I like, if you're, yeah. you know, if you're in a brand new niche category, like you put out a blog post and voila, you're done. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're, you know, a dog groomer, or a dentist or whoever it is, like you need to outperform the other dog groomers and dentists and be like, Hey, yeah. I'm actually more credible than all this competition. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, that totally makes sense. And I, totally. uh, one, one, one thing further, when you said the thing about what Google wants, are you familiar with the zero click? Nope. Okay, so I'm sure I've heard about, but I forgot it. So probably just, just assume I'm ignorant. Sure, you uh, you probably heard about it in the last like five years has been become really evident. But right, data is everything to these companies: Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Like their and you said it, their whole goal is to get you on the platform to stay on the platform. Google's no different. So if you if you query, you know, how old is the queen? Google's going to go, queen is 98 years old, or however old she is. Right, mm-hmm. it's going to just give you the answer. So before when you used to Google it, Google would say, these are the three websites that we think will tell you how old she is. But now Google answers it for, for you. Oh, yes. Right? Yeah, exactly. So 50% of searches end up in a zero click. That's general statistic, roughly 50%. So 50% of people go on, they're looking for a dog walker, dentist, whatever it is, problem solution. Yeah. They type it in and Google answers the question for them. And then it has a whole bunch of little drop downs. Right? It'll be, do you want to know how old the prince is? Do you want to know how old or do you know where yeah. she lives, et cetera. So Google's whole goal is to keep you on Google. And yep. so then it goes by- Sounds a lot like Facebook and LinkedIn and Instagram mm-hmm. school. Exactly, right? It's not different because they're, they're in the business of data now. 
right? Before that it was is- like, hey, we're going to you know, make money from ads and other stuff like that. And now it's your data is immeasurably valuable to these companies. Well, and and I think the 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 reason for that is because the uh is because of targeting. You know, you get yes. you know that you know the that what the, what that data really uh you know really provides is a way to do exquisitely detailed micro targeting. Yes, absolutely. And so you've heard me ra- like rant and rail about paid ads, mm-hmm. and not to say that they don't work, right? But again, I'm going to go back to stats: is that three percent of people who do Google searches, that three to five percent is your paid ads traffic. And, and while we're like, well, that's not much, but like out of billions of people, you can still make great money, you know, leveraging these paid ads. So you really have to say, you know, that long-term versus short-term strategy of like money pump versus brand recognition and credibility, right? Because that 97% stays on that front page. They scour that map pack, they go to that top three to five, and then the rest of it's just kind of wash. So... Yeah. Well, I mean, and I think the, 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 the place where, at least where I think that paid ads is going to fit into your marketing mix is that, you know, paid ads give you the, it gives you the opportunity to control traffic. And, you know, and so, so then what you can do is, you know, assuming that you have an appropriately built and tested sales cycle or sales funnel, whatever you call it, uh, you know, and you know, and you have at least a break-even system, you know, ideally a net positive ROI system. Then what you can do is you can use paid ads to drive traffic. And then you know, through either lower mid-ticket offers, if you can offset the cost of those ads, now you can acquire leads for low to no cost. Uh, you know, once you get there, you, you're basically kind of in digital marketing nirvana because you can grow effectively, infinitely until the effectiveness of your ads uh, dissipate, in which case you have to put in new creative or you need to create new offers, uh, yep. you know, or you have to move to a different geographic area and, and, or, or. But, you know, I think that that's kind of, that, that, that to me is where paid ads really fit in, you know, but mm-hmm. longer term, right, you know, if you can have, you know, if you can j- attract the inbound traffic through content from things like videos, podcasts, et cetera, I think that you know that's the thing that's that will get you a you know, a much more sustainable footprint. Uh, you know, but of course, you know, if you're you know, if you're starting out from okay, I just put a I just put a single page website together in WordPress. Uh, now I want to turn it into something. Well, you know, you're talking three to ten years to to where you're you know, to where you'll have a lot of inbound from content. If you're looking for traffic, well, a you might want to have a little more than one page on WordPress, but then b paid ads are probably going to be your best way to get get short term traffic. Yeah. It, I mean, it really depends, yeah. right? Like with like traditional SEO stuff that we're talking about, like that onsite thing, like, yeah, you're going to, that's like years down the line, right? It's yeah. like a slow thing with content. I can run a campaign. I ran a campaign for a, a client who did web, uh, web development and SEO services. Yeah. Like funny story. I'm doing content marketing for an SEO company. Um, I met him through BNI. He's the marketing dude in uh, that group. And he's like, Hey, I want to talk to you and kind of vet you out. So we chatted. I showed him what to do. He's like, that sounds really interesting. Why don't you do that for me? They're not in Seattle. They're in a city outside of Seattle. And like, hey, yeah. we want to do uh, run a campaign for us about web design in Seattle. I was like, yeah. okay. <clears throat> so we did. And I'm not sure how familiar you are with Seattle, but it's fairly tech friendly. Well, right? I, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> I, I, well, and so, yeah. Um, yeah, I actually live in the Portland area. So, uh, you know, so like you know, Portland tries to pretend that it's not just a smaller version of Seattle, but Portland's kind of a smaller version of Seattle. Yeah. Not, not quite, but <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. So these guys, they're not in Seattle. And so they have zero visibility for web design in Seattle. Yeah. Right. And so I, I ran a campaign for them. It took about half a month to get all uh-huh. the, like we, we create all the content and the distribution pushed out just a little over half a month. 
and they went from non-existent to ranking for the actual like super competitive stuff within the top 25 uh-huh which you know otherwise it'd be on like page 30 yeah because we're going against all the other seo companies and people who have been building up their seo stuff well, and content you want to talk so about long. a crowded niche uh, and that, that's that's the point right like one targeted campaign blasted 99 percent of the competition out of the water all right so you do a couple campaigns on that and you can rank in the top even for super competitive stuff yeah in a matter of months or a month depending on how aggressive you are like content seo isn't slow now if you do like i'm writing my blog and that's the content it's going to be slow because you're not leveraging yahoo finance right you're not leveraging cnn and fox and stuff like it doesn't matter whether these places that do media are close to you or that's their listener base or readership mm -hmm. base or anything it's that you leverage their trust because that's all google cares about is content and trust okay um but back to paid ads like yeah paid ads are great right and i absolutely agree with you that it's paid for short can term. be great <laughs> they can be great yeah my biggest issue with them from all the time that i had run paid ads was that you don't control anything about it all right so facebook says hey you know what we don't like it today and they ban your account and you're done or when that time that Facebook lost its connection for a day and a half and everyone lost their mind. Like if that is your outlet of making money and that's your machine, like you have no recourse, you're not in control. Yeah. Whereas building your list, like you can always like send more stuff out. You can curate and create and do everything yeah. you want with them. Like you control it Remove, like take your Facebook group and move it to Mighty Networks. Yeah. Like get, get off of the platform if you can Yeah. to your own thing because you don't have control. And that's the scariest part about any of these paid ad stuff. Like even Google, like you can run great Google ads or YouTube ads or whatever it is, but you don't control the audience and you don't control the platform and you're at the mercy of what they think is good for that day. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Very true. So. Yeah, it's been an awesome conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate it. My, we going late, do we need to say goodbye? Is that the run out of time here? Well, let's see. So, yeah, I think we're, 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 we're about a time, you know, I, I don't know what the normal form is, but yeah, I think we're about 30 something minutes, uh, <clears throat> 30 something minutes on the clock. That's yeah, probably pretty good. I generally go frame. till either someone thinks someone else is boring or it's a good, good time to call it a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's well, see. So yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know if you're old enough to remember the uh, Seinfeld George Costanza, you know, leave on a high note. Dude, I, I am a huge, I have a activist tournament. I bought my wife all the seasons of Seinfeld from Costco, like when we first got married. I I will talk Seinfeld to you all day long. It's oh, one of my favorite shows. <laughs> okay, well, well so, so okay, so I've got. I, I don't know if I'd say one. I don't know if I'd say one better because that's pretty good. But there was one of the fellows who used to work for me. Uh, <clears throat> you know, back back when I worked at Intel, uh, mm -hmm. he proposed to his wife. Uh, just after they finished watching Blades of Glory in the theater. Wow. <laughs> and she said yes <laughs> hey, man, it's, i was like that is a bold move right there bro life is a big game of apples to apples yeah right, right. seriously right, you, do you know what the first rule of apples to apples is uh no i do not know thy judge oh yes exactly right i mean you can have the most appropriate card in the world for what's being played but if the judge doesn't you know if it doesn't swing how they like it or think it's funny or whatever like, they don't get the matter. inside joke yep yeah you know, so proposed at Blaze of Glory, he knew. 
know they judge man <laughs> know they judge exactly <laughs> know they judge go to a network meeting right like know they judge that's that's the first first rule of life for everyone who's listening yeah. know they judge there exactly um I, I i may I, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah i think i'm gonna steal that one no by all means no but i mean we we hardly talked like at all about what is i mean you want to make a quick plug about terminal value and Sure thing. Sure thing. I mean, so, so I go. So, so yeah, you know, uh, my company, you know, just uh, Terminal Value, Terminal Value Consulting. So it's just terminalvalue.biz, T-E-R-M-I-N-A-L-B-A-L-U-E.B-I-Z. And then my podcast is just terminalvaluepodcast.com. Uh, so you know, Spotify, Apple, all, all the good platforms. Love it. That's awesome. And uh, Doug, before we go, is there anything that you kind of wish that I'd asked you about, or that you want to revisit really quick before we head off? Um, I think the, uh, the, the main thing that I would say, you know, for everybody who's listening, you know, is that, you know, it, you know I, I can only assume that if you're listening to this podcast, that you are either on or are contemplating some version of an entrepreneurial journey. Um, and so I would say just expect for things to not work a lot. <laughs> um, and so uh -huh. it is less important that you do things right. And it's more important that you just say, hey, I am going to keep working to figure it out until I do. Um, you know, because, because the thing is, you know, when, when you, and now I'm, I'm going to do a little bit of my rant here. And so it's because like, you know, when you listen to all these entrepreneur stories, you know, they're basically going to make it sound like, oh, hey, hey, I had an idea. And three years later, I was a millionaire or multimillionaire or whatever. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's the case. But what a lot of people leave out is, by the way, I failed 10 times along the way, um, you know, and I nearly got divorced twice, um, you know, and I had five nervous breakdowns. And at some point I finally made it. Um, you know, that it's not going to be a straight line and it, pro it almost certainly won't be easy. And there was going to be more than one time where you have to overcome paralyzing self-doubt. That's just how it works. Um, but just, just keep going. <laughs> you know, the single thing that's most important is you just have that resolve that one way or another, you're going to figure it out. Yeah. That's perfectionism is fancy procrastination. Yes, <laughs> precisely. Uh, yeah. precisely yes yeah. yeah and and yeah kind of my philosophy i'm a say yes and figure it out kind of guy which means that i have a thousand half done projects at any one time uh you know at the one uh, yeah i used to think that meant there was something wrong with me but you know that's you know that that's that's how you deal that's how you go places you know the the only way to have everything be predictable is to never do anything that you haven't already done before yeah no i love it i don't Again, I'm going to steal someone's quote and not give them credit because I don't know who it's for. But it was, yes, we'll get you out of Egypt and no, we'll take you to the promised land. Right. And like you have, to, you have to step up and say yes to the opportunities and you're get to the point where okay. you're at that point of capacity. Right? And uh -huh. then you have to switch gears of being like, you know, I love saying yes. I, love, I have shiny object syndrome, like yeah. no one's business. Like you show me something flashy and educational. I'm in, take my money, right? Yeah. But we all have, we're all constrained by the 24 hours in a day and Precisely. limited budget and attention and family, like responsibilities. And you have to be able to say no. So yeah. say, say yes to opportunities, done is better than perfect. But yep. say no once you start making progress because yes, we'll get you out of Egypt, but no, will take you to the promised land. Outstanding. I love it. I, I, I wish I knew who, who, who that source was because I am completely stealing it. <laughs> please do everything is up for takes do you just yes <laughs> yeah
yeah, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to steal it and then qualify it exactly the same way you do. I don't remember who exactly said this, so I'm not going to give him credit. But here's what I'm going to say. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> I don't. I, I already forgot who you said said about that book. I need to check that down. Maybe send it to me in the in an email afterwards. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. <laughs> sounds good. Sounds legit. All right. <laughs> All right, Stephen. Appreciate the conversation, man. No, Doug, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for being here. I'll, I mean, love to have you back. It was been yeah, great. absolutely, and, uh, absolutely. That was fun. Yeah, I think I'll. Uh, yeah, go. Yeah, let, let me shoot you a note. Should I'd love to bring you on terminal value. Be happy to. Absolutely, right. be happy to. All right. Everyone else, thank you for listening to Subject to Change. Thank you for listening to Subject to Change. Please like, subscribe, leave a review of our podcast. And if you have any questions, if there's a business you would like to see featured on our podcast or a niche or something you want to learn about, drop us a message or an email and let us know. Be happy to, to interview someone and answer those questions. Thanks again for listening.